Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Welcome to mini episode 310 of Real Life Ghost Stories and I have four spooky stories for you today and the last story comes from October the 10th, 2023 and story number one comes from Tara. When I was younger, I used to be more susceptible to the paranormal and growing up in an old farmhouse on a remote road next to a graveyard, I've had my fair share of paranormal moments. Listening to your stories about the man in the hat reminded me of the first time I saw something which I could tell wasn't really there. Although this was much calmer and friendlier an encounter, which makes me think that it might not be the same hat man. I would say I was around 13 years old and walking to the bus stop past the graveyard and saw a man who didn't belong in this time period leaning against a tip. I noticed him straight away as he had a distinguished top hat and was staring right at me, although in a friendly manner. Since this encounter, I saw him a few more times around the area and referred to him as Philip, as the name seemed to fit him. I told my family about Philip and they just found it funny, and when weird things would happen in our house, such as the TV turning on randomly, we would refer to it as Philip messing around, although I know my mum never really believed me or what I had seen. This leads me to the creepy part. We were fortunate enough to have a holiday home in Majorca, which we would visit during the holidays and rent out when we were not using it. We hadn't used the house for about a year and I didn't really think much of it, still being about 14 or 15, until one summer my mum booked us a week out there. Now I don't actually remember this holiday or in all honesty what I saw, but my mum has since believed every paranormal thing I've ever seen and to this day, 10 years on, is still creeped out. My mum says I came to her one morning and told her that when I went to the loo during the previous night, I saw an old lady sitting on the marble stairs watching me. The creepy part of this story is that the reason we hadn't been to the house in so long was because the last people who had rented the house were a big family, kids and grandparents included, who were staying in the area for a wedding. The kids being kids were playing around in the pool outside and running up and down the marble stairs with their wet feet making it slippery. Sadly, the grandma was walking down these stairs and slipped and died instantly from hitting her head on the marble floor, exactly where I had told my mum I had seen an old lady sitting the night before. As I said, from this point on, she has always believed the paranormal things I have seen. However, sadly, now that I'm older, I seem to have lost this ability. Tara, I feel like you experienced sort of the hat man light. Because for all the world, it sounds like Philip was at least friendly, which is something. And it seems like what you saw was an actual apparition rather than 
the hat man of sort of shadowy nighttime coming into your bedroom lore. And that second part of your story must have really blown your mom's mind. Like she must have been like, oh my God, all of those things that she said, things about Philip, other weird creepy kid things that you might have said, are they real? Are they genuine? Did I dismiss them as imagination when actually they weren't? And what a terribly sad story. You can totally imagine that happening. You know, I'm sure lots of people listening have stayed in those sort of holiday homes or villas in places. And those marble stairs are lethal when they get wet. They are lethal, as we heard in this story. And it must have been such a validation for you to suddenly have your mum go, oh my God, I believe you and I believe in your abilities. I also would wonder, Tara, if this made you go back to kind of through your memories and think oh what are the weird things that happened that maybe you didn't tell anybody or maybe people were like oh don't be silly and then you go oh what wait was that actually paranormal and story number two comes from lex my family is seemingly a little prone to sightings while still being skeptics and devoutly religious while my family and i have had more hair raising sightings and hauntings such as a little boy ghost in my childhood home I wanted to write in and tell you about a story that I hope will bring you a little chuckle. My current apartment is haunted, and in a way that I've never really experienced. It's not a dangerous presence, simply just a little annoyingly curious. While my partner hasn't had any experiences with the spirit, it will sometimes follow me around. It will stand over my shoulder to watch me do the dishes, cook, and sometimes I feel like I'm being watched while I play games especially if I'm in the living room. But most frustrating of all, and the part I hope gives you a laugh, is that the most concrete evidence I have besides I feel like someone is standing behind me or seeing movement is when I was trying to pee. The door had been fully shut, the air conditioner wasn't on and I hadn't recently shut the door, but movement caught my eye and I looked up to see the robe hanging on the back of my door just swinging. There was no breeze, no outside force to set it moving. Just me, peeing, and the ghost watching. I've been shooing it away more aggressively since then, and it leaves pretty easily. Maybe one day I'll convince my sister to write in about the spirit in her attic or the ghosts in the back door. I would be so annoyed if I had a ghost that was watching me pee. I know that some people are into that kind of thing. If that's what gets you off, then that's absolutely fine, you do you. But as long as it's consensual you know and I've said this before and I'll say it again there needs to be serious conversations about consent in the afterlife because you do not consent to somebody watching you pee I wonder if it's inappropriate or even mildly offensive to refer to ghosts as somebody because they famously don't have bodies but in all seriousness right I would be absolutely livid if something tried to haunt me while I was sitting on the toilet you're so vulnerable then you know, you're so vulnerable when you're going for a wee. You can't just get up and run away. I mean, you can. You can, but there'll be a mess to clean up. Oh, what a dick move. But Lex, you are right. I did enjoy it. Thank you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com 
Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. And story number three comes from Naomi. I would like to start with a trigger warning for pet loss. I have tried to put this as gently and sweetly as possible, but I acknowledge that it is a touchy subject for some. My name is Naomi, and this is a story about an experience I had shortly after the loss of my dear pet cat, Kyra. Kyra was a Siamese cross Devon Rex, and she and I were very close. She was my little shadow, and though she was not overly affectionate with most people, she was very affectionate to me. She came into my life when a friend of mine asked if I could look after his cat for a few months while he worked interstate on a temporary contract. Halfway through the contract, my friend said, "Uh, So they've offered me a permanent position and I am taking it. Can you keep Kyra? Although I lost a bit of respect for my friend for essentially abandoning his cat, I accepted because by then Kyra and I were bonded. For seven lovely years, Kyra and I were best friends. When I left for work, she would walk me to the door and watch me drive away. When I got home from work, she would be waiting at the front door for me. Our bedtime routine was the same every night. I would get settled in and position myself on the right side of the bed, laying on my side. And Kyra would jump up into the middle of the bed, walk around behind me, over my pillow, and then curl up at my tummy. Sadly, her health began to decline about eight months ago with an untreatable disease. And last month, I had to make the heartbreaking decision to euthanize her. The fact that I knew it was the right thing to do was the only thing that brought me any peace. I've had to put down pets before, but this was like cutting off a limb. So many micro milestones I'd set in my daily routine involved her, and her absence was unavoidable. Leaving from work, getting home from work and going to bed suddenly became hard and painful because Kyra wasn't there. I think the strength of our bond is why it only took three days for a visitation dream to come. I was lying on my right side in bed. I woke up as I felt something jump onto the middle of the bed. My heart started to pound as I felt my cat walk around behind me. I put my hand out and I felt her fur. Her little paw pads pressed down on my pillow. She walked around to sit near my tummy. I felt all of this. When I patted her, her fur was healthy and smooth. When the pillow was pressed, it was as if she weighed how she did when she was healthy. When I really woke up, I was in tears, distressed and in grief, and didn't get back to sleep for hours. But the next day, the grief was more of a dull background pain. It had lost the all-encompassing sort of grief you feel at the first. And when I thought back to my dream, I smiled. Now I am a sceptic and my brain was telling me that some deeper part of my consciousness was processing the loss, 
or the random firing of neurons that occur during sleep produced a mental event that was particularly vivid due to my grief being such a focus during my waking hours. But my heart is telling me that Kyra came to soothe me and to show me how she wants me to remember her. With her fur silky smooth with healthy oils and her weight the same as when she was younger. I've decided it does not matter which is true because they are both offshoots of one undeniable core reason why I had this dream. I loved and cared for Kyra very much. Thank you for reading my story. As a way to sign off in a positive way, let me tell you about some of Kyra's quirks. Every time she went to drink from her bowl, she would take one sip and then flick her paw before continuing to drink. She would tell me off when I coughed. It didn't matter if she was sitting on or next to me or someone else in the room. If I coughed, she would answer, somehow achieving an inflection that implied she was disappointed in me for coughing. She loved cheese. If she sat on your lap, you were absolutely not allowed to pat her. You simply had to appreciate that she has blessed you in this way. A pat would earn you an angry cry and then a storm off. She loomed. I don't think I've ever met a cat that loomed as hard or as well as she. She had it all down to a fine art. The sitting still, the being immersed in shadow, the stare. She collected many nicknames and most were nonsensical. Here are some. Noodle, Noodle Pop, Spindle Monster, Nudes, Sprangles and finally Naira. Oh Naomi, this is so lovely. I know, I know it's awful when you have to make that decision to euthanize your pet your and they're not just they're not just pets we say this all the time they're part of your family they can be your soulmate they're your best friend they're all of those things and having to make that decision to euthanize them is one of the most horrendous decisions i've been there lots of listeners would have been there and you have to keep telling yourself this is for them it's the right thing for them it's only fair on them to do this oh it's just awful but i'm so glad that Kyra came back and was able to give you that closure that you needed to take away some of that pain of acute grief and like you said it doesn't really matter it doesn't matter what it was it doesn't matter if she really came back from the other side or if it was a dream and your brain was trying to process things either way it doesn't matter because what matters is it brought you some comfort and when she came back she was at her best self and she she sounds like a silly little girl cats are silly little creatures i just love them so much and thank you for sharing your lovely story and story number four comes from dan this is a story of experiences that i had whilst working as an archaeologist in a copper mine in north wales i have purposefully not mentioned the name of the site and not mentioned any other names as they don't want any attention for this But this is certainly an interesting sight and people are often primed to see and hear things. To millions of tourists that come to North Wales, they see an appealing holiday destination with stunning landscapes where the mountains meet the Irish Sea, where many leave with happy memories. What many don't know is the rich and ancient history that culminated in a unique language and culture with an industrial impact that has scarred the landscape forever, where myth and legends are around every corner, with some darker than others. A few years ago, I was working at an archaeology site that was a copper mine in the 19th century. 
Years earlier, archaeologists discovered this mine dates back as far as the Bronze Age, which would make the mine 3,500 years old. Not only that, the site was vast and is known to be one of the largest prehistoric mines in the world. Approximately only 25% of the ancient mine has been discovered. The ancient site twists in and out of the 19th century mine shafts and drops down nine levels. The tunnels are not for the claustrophobic as many of the tunnels are horrifyingly narrow, which is believed to demonstrate that small children would have worked the mine. It is said that Victorian miners would come across these tunnels and would believe that these tunnels were dug out by fairy-like humanoids, locally known as knockers. This was recorded in 1849 in a London-based gentleman's magazine, where it was said that knocking could be heard throughout the mine even after shifts were over, and it was believed that it was the knockers or their spirits. What was discovered in the mine by the archaeologists were the mummified remains of a cat that had been placed on a makeshift altar and surrounded by stones and what seemed to be the remains of blackberries. I know that sounds horrific. However, throughout history, due to the dangerous work, miners were very superstitious and anything that might bring bad luck they dealt with with their own rituals. With such a long and tragic history, accidents would have almost certainly been a regular occurrence. However, with no records in prehistory, this is not known, but in the 19th century there are written records of miners losing their lives in tragic circumstances. Archaeologists did discover a jawbone of what is believed to be a young male. What is striking is the vivid green colour of the bone, almost making it look extraterrestrial. However, this is due to the copper ore in the ground that has stained the bones, as they were in the ground for 3,000 years. There are so many interesting stories that culminate in the rich history of the site, with much more to come from this site. But this story would take hours to read out, and I feel like I'm writing War and Peace, so I will describe my experiences. I started working at the site in the tourist season. We would guide groups down three levels of the mine, which was expanded and made safe for the public. However, it can still be tight in places, and many tourists would run out panicking in terror. In winter, we would conduct our excavations and do all maintenance on the site. This felt very different. When you are away from the hustle and bustle of the tourists, you feel very much alone, and because we turned off the electricity, you are very much in the dark. When you turned the head torch off, you couldn't even see your hand. I've never known dark like it. As an initiation, you would stand in the middle of the large cavern and turn off your light, and you cannot see a thing. Just blackness. But your hearing is heightened, and you start to hear the muffled sounds of knocking. But these are things that we rationalised as rocks falling. Or at least we tried to. We all agreed that we wouldn't talk about any experiences as we thought it was too dangerous to be distracted. One summer's day as I was locking up after a busy day full of tourists, I felt that someone else was in the mine. I radioed up to the surface to ask if they could see anyone on the cameras which they replied no. 
I'd only been working there for a few months by that point and took a photo down one of the long galleries to show my then girlfriend how creepy it looked. I thought nothing of it and finished locking up the rest of the site. It was only when I showed my girlfriend and she asked me, do you lock up in pairs? And I said, no, just one goes down. She then asked, but who is that in front of the camera? You could see the silhouette of someone in front of me. This picture is attached to the story, but you can see the outline of someone in a grey mist. I initially thought it was my shadow, but how can it be? It's too far away to be my shadow. And the more I look at the photo, the more I can make out that it's someone. A couple of years later, my resolve was hardened from working in the mine, sometimes working in awful weather and caving through many of the tunnels, some of which were just over a foot wide. One day out of season, we had just had one of the coldest Februaries in years, and I was working on fixing the tourist path inside the mine. It's very easy to lose track of time while you're down there. My boss radioed to come up to the cabin for dinner. I was working with a partner and she was on another level in the mine. I walked up to meet her, but there was no sign. I walked out to the entrance and stuck my head through the tunnel where she could have been. Yet there was still no sign, so I called out her name and then shouted, Hello? I will never forget what the reply was. A dragging noise with an exhausted moaning noise and crying. I frantically ran in thinking it was my colleague who was hurt but I saw no one. I ran up to the cabin to tell my boss that she was hurt only to find her tucking into her sandwiches in the cabin. She'd been there for at least half an hour. I told my boss what I heard thinking a member of the public had snuck in and hurt themselves but there was no one. I stayed on for another year and left to travel the world, but these experiences have stayed with me since. I loved working there and I felt tied to the site and the land, but that terrified me. Dan, I'm not surprised that you felt simultaneously connected and terrified of the things that happened to you, the events that you saw there, the spooky ones. I feel like working in a mind system must have been just incredibly interesting and so incredibly different to be going down into this subterranean world every day. I absolutely love North Wales, just as an aside. If anybody listening, if you get the chance to go to North Wales and you haven't been before, it's just stunning. You know, it's absolutely incredible. And the history of mining in the British Isles is genuinely fascinating, but also absolutely horrendous. Just horrendous. And it doesn't even bear thinking about the amount of tragedy and injury and trauma and oh just just horribleness that happened down there weirdly this week's main episode is cave related so i'm trying not to dive into other cave related stuff that will dilute this week's main episode and i i do love the tradition of the folklore of things like tommy knockers and it was said from what i can remember of the tradition it was said that it, they could work kind of with you or against you you had to appease the tommy knockers and if you did they would knock to let you know that a rock fall was coming inside the mines or and if you didn't they would cause accidents and i will say when i first looked at the picture I looked at it and I thought, I don't see anything. I don't see what this shadow is. I don't see what this mist is. 
I can't see it. And after I read this story, I went back and looked at the picture again. And for some reason, I immediately could see it suddenly, having not seen it at all previously. So obviously, as always, the picture will be posted on Patreon, on Instagram on and on Facebook. So go and have a look at it and let me know what you think. I think when I was first looking at the picture, I was looking at the foreground of the picture way too much, trying to see something. And it is not in the foreground of the picture. It is sort of in the middle of the picture, if that makes sense. And I guess in reality, when you are working in a place like that and weird things happen, you just have to get on with it because it's your job and you have to do it. And it is true. I know you said at the beginning of this that the darkness that you experience in a mine or in a cave system is unlike anything else. And it really is. I can't remember what cave system I was in, but I was in a cave system and they shut out the lights and it was literally literally exactly what you said you could not even see your hand in front of your face I had never experienced anything like it and as somebody who's afraid of the dark it was not really a vibe and as for the second part of your story hearing that dragging and that crying and moaning noise oh I like that gave me the heebie-jeebies it's one thing to hear knocks it's one thing to hear bangs when you're in a a mine system because of course you can say it's just rocks falling it's just things expanding but hearing dragging moaning and crying and that and also a sound that prompted a reaction in you to run up to your boss and say you know my colleague is sick we have to go down and help her so obviously at that time it was clear enough that you thought it was a real person and that's what's really terrifying about it that sound was actually clear and defined enough that you thought it was either your colleague or a member of the public had gotten in and gotten injured like I wonder were you just hearing an echo through time because I mean the amount of accidents that would have happened in that site must must have genuinely been innumerable like an absolutely absurd amount of terrible things happened in mines over the years oh doesn't even bear thinking about Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Tara, Lex, Naomi and Dan for sending in your stories. Remember, the last story came from October the 10th, 2023. And if you would like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast at gmail.com. You can also check out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And if you are desperate for some extra spooky content, you can subscribe to the Patreon. That is patreon.com forward slash stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content, as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad-free. And on that note, I shall see you next time. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good wild berry acai grape pineapple mango lemon and mandarin orange my favorite is the wild berry because i just i just love a berry so if you're like me and you're drinking water all day then try splash refresher it's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you